This episode of In the Trenches with Dave Lapham brought to you by First Star Logistics. We catch up with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. We talk about the interview process. He had opportunities uh, to be head coach with the Colts, with the Cardinals. Not this year, but that process. Talked about what he learned and, and the process that that involves. Talk about getting tweaks to the offense uh, underway. No real sense of urgency there because there's so much continuity and consistency with the coaching staff and with the personnel. Talk about the combine, the draft. I mean, so many things. Free agency. Got a lot of football that we're talking about with Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator extraordinaire. You're going to like every bit of it. Thanks for taking time to join us once again in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always, in our outstanding studios. And a real good friend of In the Trenches joins us, offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Coach, first of all, congratulations. I mean, I remember as a player, when advancing to the Super Bowl like last year and not winning it, you fall off a cliff. Advancing to the AFC Championship game, not winning it, you know, fall off a cliff. It's such a sudden ending. But when you have time to reflect, it's like, you know what? We had a pretty damn good season, and that's exactly the case. Two years in a row, unbelievable seasons for the Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, thank you. It was, um, you know, it's a lot of fun when you think back and reflect on all the, the, the cool moments over the course of the year. Obviously, didn't end the way we wanted it to the last two years. I mean, we're still, we're still chasing after that trophy like everybody else is. But now we have a, we have a chance to regroup and, and try to do it again. But uh, really got a tremendous amount of fun this year. Great group of players, uh, awesome guys to be around, go to work with every day. And those are those are the things you appreciate again after you've stepped back from the the, the season and you start to reflect on the the good and the bad. And um, you know a lot more obviously a lot more good this year than bad. And when when in ten straight to finish it off and back to back AFC Championship game appearances, um, that's a, that's a run of success that that's hard to duplicate. And hopefully we can find a way to do it again. Is, is that something that you're most proud of? I mean, probably the biggest accomplishment is is following up, uh, making it to the Super Bowl. That's hard. But to follow up the following season by getting to the AFC Championship game is equally as difficult, maybe even more so. Is that the biggest accomplishment in your eyes? I just think to be able to sustain success in the NFL is one of the hardest things to do um, year to year. And I think that's why you, you marvel at the teams that have been able to do it, um, you know, over history and, and to be in position to have a run of sustained success. I mean, obviously, we feel great about these last two years and feel great about what's ahead of us. Um, but sustained success to me is always the marker of a, a successful organization, a successful team. Uh, a lot of things got to go your way. got to go right. You got to be aligned from from ownership all the way down. And um, we got a great setup here and a great group of players and a great group of coaches and um, you know, we're, we're positioned to be able to go have success again. Uh, obviously, we've got to go put the work in and do it. But um, I think sustained success is something that is very difficult in the NFL. And uh, to be able to put two years back to back together that we have is, is something I'm obviously very proud of. So uh, at the end of the regular season, because not everybody makes the playoffs, obviously, just the cream of the crop does. But at the end of the uh, regular season, eighth in total yards per game, fifth in passing yards, eighth in yards per pass attempt, fifth in first downs generated per game, third on third down, seventh 
most importantly in points scored. I mean, that's a pretty good run right there in terms of being in the top five, top 10 in significant offensive categories. And then you had individual performances, you know, Pro Bowl um, possibilities with with players and some did, some made the Pro Bowl individual efforts were there as well. It was it was really, really something to watch. I mean, is there what what is the biggest challenge now? Is it still sustaining the success you did sustain from one year to another? That's always the challenge, you know, is, is to be able to, to replicate your previous success because um, just because you had success in the past doesn't that doesn't ever guarantee future success. And so uh, that's always the mindset for the players when they come back for the, the offseason program when it starts here in, in a couple months. And um, you got to start over again, you know, whether you win the Super Bowl or not, you start over every year and, and you're in a race with 32 other teams to, to see how good you can be, how quickly. Um, I think we learned a, a pretty tough lesson this year that ultimately, um, you know, if, if you want to be the number one seed and you want to host playoff games and you want the, the playoffs to come through your town, then um, you got to play better early in the year. You know, we didn't play great earlier this year uh, for a number of reasons, but that's that's a thing where we uh, an area we can improve is, is starting faster to, to get the season off. Uh, off and running the way we need to. Um, and then again, there's there's areas that we excelled in. There's areas that we can improve in. Um, and there's areas that that you want to keep continue that same uh, line of success that we've had. So uh, a lot of things that we can get better at, a lot of things that um, we'd like to be better in than we were. Obviously, you'd like to be top five in every category. Um, but that's all, you know, that's not always reality. But um, certainly that's what we're striving for is, is to be in those spots. And Hopefully we'll have a chance to do that, um, you know, come the beginning of the next season. But a lot of work ahead of us, a lot of things to get done and accomplish uh, in the meantime, a lot of short range goals that that we have to get accomplished between now and, and the beginning of the season. But uh, looking forward to getting doing it again. When you have a run of success like this franchise has had, everybody wants a piece of it. I mean, the NFL, everybody's like, oh, what are these guys doing? How are they doing? Let's let's uh, let's investigate this. Let's uh, let's try to grab a little bit of this success. A uh, good example is uh, in this year's Super Bowl, uh, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, three of their four coordinators are now gone. I mean, you know, it's like the, now Kansas City would have been – the Bengals have uh, co- uh, head coach and coordinators returning for a fifth straight season. Kansas City would have been the same with Eric Bieniemy deciding to go, though, to Washington. It's not. Bengals are the only team that has their coordinators and head coach in place for the, for the fifth year. And I think that continuity and that consistency is, is a big deal. There's no question about it, but the Bengals staff, because of the success, you had multiple head coaching uh, opportunity for candidate interviews uh, to, to, to move into a head coaching position. Luana Romo did wide receiver coach did quarterback coach did. I mean, to move up to uh, coordinator roles uh, in the national football league but everybody is still intact. So, I mean, the success, another year of success will probably be missing quite a few members of the, of the coaching staff, but having that continuity and consistency, how big is that uh, to try to sustain that level of success? I think it's a huge part of it, you know, um, for, for, for Joe Burrow uh, to know that he's, you know, nothing's changing around him. There's, there's a comfort in that um, for, for players, you know, like the players, uh, appreciate having continuity because they know what they're going to get every day. They, we have we have really deep relationships with our players uh, over years of, of work together, you know, uh, especially the guys like Tyler Boyd and, uh, you know, the guys that have been here for our whole tenure going in their fifth year together with us. And um, that's a that's a 
uh, an edge, an advantage uh, in a league that, you know, you're searching for every possible one, and that's certainly one of them. And I uh, can't say enough good things about our staff, um, about the types of people we have, the teachers, the leaders. They're, they're phenomenal coaches. Um, and I think now that the rest of the league is, is, is starting to find that out a little bit, that um, they're, they're a key part to our success is, is how well our staff is, works together, how talented we are. Um, I think as a whole, we got great, a great individual coaches and teachers and a great collective group effort to, to put our guys in position to go win games. And uh, it's a place I love coming to work every day. And, you know, those opportunities to advance your career come when you have success. They're just like MVPs and Pro Bowls. And it's their individual accolades that are, are usually a result of a lot of people doing their job uh, really, really well over a sustained period of time. And um, that's players, coaches included. And so uh, it's an honor to be in those conversations for all of us that have chances to move up. Um, but ultimately, we know that, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the sum of our parts, you know, here. It's it's a huge advantage to have all of our guys uh, back and ready to roll and try to sustain the success we've had um, over the last two years. I think an interesting football phenomenon with the Cincinnati Bengals is Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, Joe Burrow, all their dads were football coaches. You guys are cut from the same cloth. I mean, the DNA is so strong amongst you four guys working together every single day. I mean, it, it's it's like a football family, big time, literally and figuratively. How big is that? Well, I think you just when you're when you grow up in a in a coaching family, there's just things you're exposed to uh, probably at a younger age um, than anybody else in the profession, and you you start to learn a lot about what it is to be a football coach, what it means to be part of a, a staff and a team. Um, and you're just a lot of it through osmosis of just being around and watching and learning um, for a lot of years before you ever actually enter into the profession yourself. And so I just think you see all of us have such a unique experiences um, that really have been around football for most of our entire lives uh, in some way, shape or form. And um, I think that's that's a benefit to us. And I think we all know what it takes to win. We know how to put guys in position to, to, to win matchups, to win plays, to win the down. Um, and then we got a great uh, rapport amongst ourselves where our ideas are, are free flowing. There's no ego involved. Um, and we all know that that's the key to success anyway is, you know, when you, when you don't really care about who's getting all the credit, you, you tend to be able to do some pretty great things. And, you know, those things, the, the, the external credit takes care of itself when you win, you know, all, all the, the spotlight gets put on, on, on your staff and your players when, when things are going well, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, head coaching candidates from teams that went two and 14, you know, and not that those guys are bad coaches. That's just the way the league works. And so um, we, we've just got a great rapport here and a great group of guys. It's really fun to, to be a part of. And uh, we all understand each other very well. The process of interviewing to be a head coach in the national football league, I think has to be, almost an exhausting preparation. I mean, getting ready for that interview, it's, it, you probably feel like you cannot put enough time into it, even if you put 24 hours of the day into it. Um, what, what's it like getting ready for those type of interviews and uh, how different or similar are, are, are the interviews from organization to organization more similar than different or more different than similar? They're probably more similar than different. Um, I thought the the Indianapolis process was was really unique and interesting. Um, it was good to go through. Uh, I do think there's an element of of experience in interviews. You know, there's a. Uh, it's just like any any football play you run. The more experience and more reps you get at, the better you uh, tend to perform it. And so um, I feel a lot better about my experiences having interviewed now three different times over the last two years. You, you feel a lot better about 
right. what the process looks like. You feel a lot more confident in the process. Um, and ultimately you don't control the outcome. So you just do your best to, to put the best representation of yourself out there and, and let those people that make decisions, make those decisions. And, um, it is a year long process, you know, it's really a, you spend more time on it in the off season when you have more time to focus on it, but, um, you're certainly always trying to refine it. Um, what you're going to communicate, how clearly you can communicate it, uh, talking to guys around the league, you try to get feedback from the interview process itself and try to improve that process too. And, um, but it's a, it's a year long, um, you try to get a lot of it done before the season starts because when once the season starts, there's no real preparation for it. You hope to be uh, ready for that, you know, and you try to get staffing things figured out. And every every year, the staffing picture changes because guys are under contract and have different jobs and guys move up. And um, so it's kind of a constant evolving process that you just continue to work through over every offseason. And, and you hope that at some point uh, someone decides that, that they want to hire you as their as their head coach. And um, but again, it's it's a you put a lot of work and a lot of time into it to, to try to show yourself uh, the best way possible. And um, I feel really confident about those things that I've done and, and put myself in the positions I've been in. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, you don't control any of it. And uh, you just hope that, you know, somebody gives you an opportunity at some point. Here in Cincinnati, obviously Mike Brown is a hands-on owner. I mean, he doesn't have other conglomerates and businesses, you know, and, and this football team is just his hobby. This is his life. The Cincinnati Bengals from a, in every standpoint, so he's he's always involved in these in these interviews for head coaches. In, in terms of um, other interviews that you've been on now, three in the last two years, like you say, are owners usually there, or is it really not necessarily the case? Is there obviously there's general managers there? Is it the same type of personnel that you're interviewing with, or does that vary from organization to organization as well? I think it can still vary. In my experiences, in the three I've been on, obviously Denver uh, was in the process of of changing ownership when I interviewed there last year. So there was no owner to, to speak of right. at the moment that they were certain who it was going to be. Uh, so they weren't involved in it, but uh, both uh, Mr. Bidwell and Mr. Ursa spent time with both of them in Arizona and Indy. Um, and that, I think that's pretty, that's more traditional, but again, those guys are also uh, lifelong footballers too, like Mr. Brown is. And so uh, they've been a part of the businesses for a long time. They're, they inherited from their fathers. Um, you know, they have a lot of experience in the league. And so, it's great to get in front of those guys and get to know them, uh, get to hear other ownership thoughts and feelings. But, um, you know, I think we, we, we have certainly have one of the best here as, as, as good of a organizational alignment and, and, um, you know, from top to bottom, um, that I've, that I've been around, um, it's been fantastic. And so, uh, you get a, a real appreciation for, for how well it's run here too. When you interview other places as well, you just, you, you, you look back and you think about this is really the model to me and on what it's supposed to look like. And, and I think our play on the field is, um, reinforce that, but this is a phenomenal place to work. Dave Lapham here. And if you're looking for a new and exciting work opportunity, check out one of the fastest growing companies in Cincinnati, First Star Logistics. All you have to do is scan the QR code or visit us at firststarlogistics.com to learn more. So you're in the process now. Um, I, I know you've got a little bit of time to kind of, uh, get away from it all <laughs> and, and, uh, Recharge the battery as such, you know, a little R and R. Uh, you look great, by the way. I mean, it, was, it looks like the, uh, the time Thanks, the time was well spent on uh, on a nice beachfront. Um, sure but was. yeah, now now you come back and nothing better than spending time on the beach with family. And no question about that. Uh, but now you come back and and here's the combine. I mean, we're right in the right in the midst of the the combine. So starting the process for the draft and the draft will take place at the end of April. But 
Uh, March 15th is free agency. And now, you, you know, the, you've got um, Adam Ives was just re-signed. So he's, he's off the list, but you got, you know, a, a, a good number of players, 18 players, I think it still is out there. And, you know, Joe Burrow uh, will start the process to, to sign Joe Burrow potentially, hopefully uh, as quickly as possible and, and get that part of the budget all taken care of. So with all of that, that's going on. I mean, there's a lot of work that you guys are are doing. A lot of things being worked on. What what's the uh, the step by step process? I mean, how are you prioritizing what you need to do? And and you still have a compressed time to do it because you did play in the in the uh, conference championship game, but you know less than the year before when you ended up going all the way to the Super Bowl. That was even more compressed. Was it is it helpful to have that experience this year, knowing how to get things done in even a more timely fashion than you almost have to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you, you were really probably three weeks behind the rest of the league, you know, um, between us, Kansas city, Philly, and, um, San Francisco, those, us, our four teams are, are, are well beyond, behind, um, the rest of the off season process. You know, I think most teams had probably been on vacation at home by the time we started getting ready for the SC championship game. So, right. um, everybody's, everybody's ahead of us. And so that's, part of the battle you fight when you play deep into the playoffs as we do, but it's a problem that we like to have. Um, but it is, it is part of the process. And so we, we we really transitioned from this period for probably the next 60 days or so. Uh, it, it's really just focused on player acquisition. You know, we've, we've done the scheme. We've been together for seven months. This is going into year five. Um, our scheme stuff is, is not as pressing a, a process for us at this point. It's, it's all about catching up to the rest of the league on, uh, on the coaching side of free agency, how we see them, uh, and then the draft and the combine obviously are huge parts of that as well. We start the pro day circuit coming up. Um, all the Zoom interviews you can do with these college prospects, really got to get to know them. And uh, one of the reasons why I think we've been so good here is we've we've really nailed our draft process over the last four years. And um, I think that that's a huge testament to you know how our, our coaching staff works in conjunction with our personnel staff and allows us to really find the right pieces. And, and that's where we're at right now. We have to have another really great draft um, and we have to have another good free agency period. Obviously it's going to look a little different this year because of the, you know, we're trying to pay our own guys as opposed to going out and paying others. But uh, you know, we still have free agents. We got to get nailed down and uh, get that process figured out. And thankfully our, our, you know, Steve and Mike Potts and Duke and those guys are already on all that personnel stuff well in advance of us. And so we're just playing catch up to them and they're catching us up as, as the process moves along. But um, you know, we're, Free agency starts pretty quickly. The combine's coming up, and so we 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 transition fully into um, the player acquisition part of the offseason. It's a hugely important piece to, to how we function here and what we do um, as a coaching staff. And so we'll we'll pour ourselves into that uh, really for the next two months until the draft is over. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's an incredible incredible process. The thing the thing that's great though uh, for Bengals fans and everybody that has you know a deep interest in the, in the Bengals organization, it's a destination now. I mean, there's, you, you, you want to resign your own, your own wants to resign. I mean, they want to stay in Cincinnati if at all possible. And then free agents that are out there in the marketplace, they look at Cincinnati as, you know, top three place to go. It's a destination. We want to go part, be part of what's going on with the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow at quarterback. They've gone to the AFC championship game, two games in a row, uh, two years in a row. They've been to the Super Bowl. I mean, my gosh, man, I got I got to get there. So it's like, you know, it, it, at least you have more pieces of a puzzle to try to fit into your puzzle in terms of there's always somebody that where 
if an organization didn't do a good job in their salary cap, a guy's on the market's like, what the heck is that guy doing out there? Well, they had to cut him loose, you know, and now all of a sudden it's like, boy, do we stay with our own? Do we go with this guy? We're not expecting this guy to be out there. And is that part of it too, is the study of, you know, like Duke and all his people studying the teams and who might, you know, be caught in a salary cap situation or whatever the case may be in terms of free agency. Yeah, that's all, that's all part of the, all part of the process. You, you, you try to project guys that might be, might be cap casualties elsewhere. Um, guys that are good veteran players that, you know, that are going to have a choice of where they want to go. And, you know, in free agency, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a, it's still a business and money talks, you know, guys want to get paid um, and rightfully so. But sometimes you find guys that are at points in their career where, they would rather join a, a team and be in a place where they want to be and are excited to be. Uh, and, and the money isn't as important um, as it can be for guys coming in, especially their first foray into free agency. So uh, understand all sides of it, but our, our personnel guys do a great job. Steve Radicevic in particular of, of having a great awareness of the league and who's out there, who's available, what they might cost. Um, obviously those things are going to start, those conversations start happening at the combine as the market starts to form and um, you start seeing, hearing and seeing what, what is available out there financially. Um, now that you got the cap number officially out there as well, you just, you, that budget starts to take, take shape. And so um, that's not something that I have a whole lot of involvement in, but our personnel guys do such a great job of, of setting the table for us. And then we, we come in and, and evaluate and decide who fits us best. Um, that's kind of how we found Hayden Hurst last year. Um, and because we know CJ decided to go to the Jets and, and we, we had a tight end need and uh, we, we kind of put our minds together and watched the tape together and found a guy like Hayden who really thrived when he came here. So um, that's all part of the process. You know, we're, we're trying to find every avenue we can to improve the team because obviously we came up short of our goal and need to find some guys that can help us get over the hump and, and get a chance to hoist that trophy. With Aiden Midas signing, uh, 18 guys become free agents on March 15th. Of course, Joe Burrow's contract is able to be extended. Uh, so he becomes a big number 19 there. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, Offensively, there's seven players in my, by my count. All three of your tight ends. You you, you mentioned Hayden Hurst, Drew Sample uh, is is out there potentially as well as uh, Mitchell Wilcox. So I mean that that tight end scenario is 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 going to be an interesting interesting uh, one to follow. Uh, it's it's uh it's it's always very very intriguing to me to see the process. You know of how a team a team is is. It's like a big puzzle. You disassemble it, and then there's going to be core pieces you put it, but then you have to put a bunch of other pieces. How's that all going to fit? It, it really is interesting, and it, and it starts here pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, and, you know, it's every every year you're going to have um, guys that, that you want to resign. Uh, there's going to be guys that uh, are going to go into free agency and, and get much more money than you're willing to spend at that particular time, uh, and good for them. That, that's what you want. You know, you want guys to play well enough and have success and get a chance to go get paid, and – you know, a guy like Hayden Hurst, for example, takes a one-year deal, uh, bets on himself to some degree, and and hopefully uh, we get him back. I know we'd love to have him back, but, you know, again, the business part of it's the whole other side. And, you know, he may have made himself quite a bit of money. Who knows? Uh, and for his sake, I hope he gets what he wants out of it. Um, or, or maybe he just wants to be here for whatever that, whatever that means for him. And so um, that's every year. You know, it doesn't ever change. There's always going to be guys you want that, that, that leave, you know. Um, there's going to be guys that you think you can sign that you can't. Uh, and then there's going to be guys that that show up like Hayden Hurst did last year that maybe you get in the third wave of free agency that really end up helping your team. And so um, you never panic on, on any side of it. And you just try to do your due diligence and find the best players to bring in and 
uh, you know, obviously, you know, I don't deal with the money part of it, but that's also a big piece of the puzzle. And so obviously when you got a guy like Joe, who's, who's contract extension eligible this year, um, you know, I hope that gets worked out soon and, and is, is what is, is agreeable on all sides. Obviously you hope, but uh, for a guy like Joe, you hope he gets paid all the money that he deserves because he certainly deserves a lot of it. And um, when those things come up, that gets finalized and you move on to the next piece, uh, whatever that ends up looking like for us. And obviously, you know, we've drafted well. And that's a testament to, our, to, to Duke and his staff and, and our coaching staff involved in that process. And um, when you got a lot of your own guys that are up to pay, that's, all, that's also a good problem to have. That means you've, you've drafted well and they perform well and you've coached them well. Um, and, and sometimes they come up and they enter free agency, and that's great. Sometimes you get a chance to re-sign them, and that's great too. So uh, that's that's kind of the era we're coming up upon now is that a lot of the guys that we've drafted and played well are, are approaching free agency and approaching extension eligibility. And, uh, you know, it's you want to pay your own when you get a chance to. The quarterback position, and you're a quarterback, you understand how important the quarterback position is. In my mind, it's fascinating. I think the NFL is at a crossroads. I mean, I think the NFL is is in, in, in a seismic shift period kind of thing with respect to because of the Deshaun Watson deal that was done in Cleveland, turning $30 million, and they guaranteed all of it. Right now it's an outlier, but there are so many quarterbacks out there that are looking for their payday and, okay, which owner, which team is going to step up and say, I'm guaranteeing yours as well because then an outlier becomes a trend, you know, and somebody else is doing it. And, man, I mean, coach, back in the day in 1974 when I was a rookie, $50,000, man, that dude's making a ton of money. Now yeah. it's $50 million, you know? I mean, now it's like, oh, the league has exploded. It's crazy. But, I mean, the quarterback position, this is a this is a critical – time period evolution of the national football league it's nuts isn't it yeah i mean i think there's a, there's been a push for a handful of years now to include more guaranteed money uh similar to from the from the player side um similar to, to the nba and major league baseball and um, the sports where they can they guarantee these all these contracts and um you know they're a huge part of the process of the league i mean these guys are, are faces of franchises and um you know just look at the impact that Joe Burrow's had on the city of Cincinnati. You know, they're economic drivers. Um, these guys are worth every penny that you have to pay them. And um, I understand the, the guaranteed money argument on the other side. Uh, football is different because of the injury portion of it. So on the team side, you see why teams don't necessarily want to jump into guaranteeing large contracts for uh, for injury purposes and things like that. That is still part of the business. But, um, you know, I think you're going to see more guaranteed money these days being shelled out now whether it's all fully guaranteed or not we'll see how it shakes out but um, i do think you're going to see more guys want more guaranteed money and um you know for their sake rightfully so i hope they all get it you know it doesn't come out of my pocket so <laughs> yeah right i mean I, I i agree about the guarantee i'm i'm just boy who's the next owner of the next organization that's going to fully guarantee a contract and, and make that, you know, make that, oh, boy, now now we got another one. And Atlanta, it sounded like Atlanta was like, they were ready, fully ready to do it with Deshaun Watson, and Cleveland did it, and Atlanta was like, hey, we would have done that. And so there's always going to be somebody out there. It's going to be very interesting to see who's going to be next, who's uh, who's next up in that regard. I think they're, they're going to see – I would – I'd be surprised to see fully guaranteed, but I think you're going to see a lot of these guys get quite a bit of guaranteed money, particularly, yeah. the, particularly the quarterbacks. Um, yeah. As, as they start coming on, there's a bunch of them they're going to get paid, I think, this offseason, and uh, that'll be fascinating to follow. Let me get you out of here on this, Coach. You you addressed it a little bit. 
um, down there, you, you guys have the continuity of the entire coaching staff almost uh, together, all the coordinators together for five years and good part of the coaching staff together for that duration and Joe at the quarterback position. So in terms of, okay, let's indoctrinate this new uh, thing to our offensive schematic and eh, didn't like this that much. That's down the road a ways. That's, that's not something that is, I mean, you look around the league, new coordinators don't have a quarterback to work with. I mean, how the hell do you get something done there? Whereas you guys are on the other side of that spectrum, and I don't know how they can't they can't get things installed for a, a reason that's like, wow, that's that's brutal. You guys can take your time because you have such continuity and consistency. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the advantage comes in for us. You know, we we don't have uh, we are going to be indoctrinating a lot of new players on either side of the ball. Um, there's always going to be some. It's there's always going to be young players and, and new players that come up. But even last year, I think. Uh, you know, in the skill position, it was really just Hayden Hurst was really the only new player we had to to catch up. And um, it really allows you to hit the ground running when you start. Obviously, we'll do our due diligence. We'll study all of the major areas we study every year. Um, that process never changes. You still kind of go through all those steps, um, find out the things you think you can improve on. You, you know, and year to year, things change. Sometimes concepts that were good two years ago really weren't good for us this past year. And, and you try to figure out why. Um, Maybe there's a reason, maybe there isn't, but you try to go through that process every year. And then uh, you still do study the league but when you can. You try to see what people are doing, uh, what's out there that's unique. Um, when you watch all these college prospects, you start to see some of the things in college football that are that are that people are doing and having success with. Success with, And it allows you to, to integrate some things that maybe you think will help and um, improve your offense to some degree. And so it's, you know, our scheme changes are never going to be dramatic at this point because we've, we've got so much scheme. There's not a lot that we're missing. Right. Uh, and we got a lot of reps invested in all of it. And that's always really important. And so, yeah, we'll find things to tweak and add and, and we'll, you know, prioritize some things and deprioritize others that weren't good. But um, that process will kind of be ongoing for me, you know, in intermixed with all the personnel stuff. I'll, I'll take some time to do some other scheme stuff. But, uh, you know, our players don't come back till April, mid-April, late April. And uh, we got plenty of time for for the scheme in between April and, and, and August as well. So. Um, not a lot of stress for us there. And, and again, a lot of, a lot of repetition involved, um, a lot of things that our guys have done well for a number of years now. So uh, we're, we're excited about getting back to work when it's time. Coach, great to catch up. Um, you know, selfishly, it's great to have you stay in and being a part of what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it's one of the best operations in the national football league. There's no question, but uh, you deserve to be and should be, a head coach in the National Football League, and that's coming quickly. And if it doesn't, should be an investigation. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, thanks, Lab. I appreciate that. And again, it's it's a, this is such a great place to be and work that it doesn't really uh, doesn't really stress me out too much because I get to come back and live in a great city and work with a bunch of great people and uh, get to do interviews uh, on the on the Dave Lapham in the Trenches podcast. Which <laughs> you know, yeah, you're the man, coach. High, highlights. You know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to use that. Yeah. <laughs> you are my marketing hero. Yeah, I'll do what I can. You're the best, sir. I appreciate your time as always. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Have the best day you ever had. Appreciate it. Here. And every day, I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. 
Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.